so when it comes to you know translating works from south indian languages to be mm-hmm. very specific into english yeah for the last four and a half decades you have been doing it so what are the changes that you have seen when it comes to the question of uh, the number of people who are doing it or the quality or the volume whichever way you take it what are the changes that you have seen see for one thing um there was no visibility whatsoever for a translator unless you are you were already an established creative writer for instance kuvempu translated uh, shakespeare's tempest and shakespeare's hamlet uh, you know and uh, browning's the pied piper of hamelin you know so these are all iconic works because it was done by established writers or who were already established okay there they had there was some visibility but translators per se and translation per se had no visibility so much so that you don't even uh, they never even used to print the name of the translator it's as though the translation happened by itself you know udbhava huh? it 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 uh, sort of materialized on its own as it were okay so from there to printing the name of the translator somewhere at least in the inside pages somewhere huh? on the fourth or fifth page in small print right uh, from there it was a great improvement and from there you know when i was uh, director at the uh, sahitya academy here in um, central sahitya academy here uh, the translation center i you know this is something i uh, could argue up for and print the name of the translator on the front page uh, not in the same uh, size as the uh, author's name but smaller but at least there you know on the front page <laughs> from there to see um, uh, you know miss da- daisy rockwell uh, you know sharing the prize uh, with uh, geetanjali tree uh is uh, really you know a long journey i would say and uh, so there is a lot of uh, visibility i would uh, you know to, and the activity itself is uh, uh, receiving a lot of attention in the press and in, in the general uh, cultural uh, uh, politics of uh, <laughs> you know today uh, which is a very welcome uh, kind of a thing and uh, <coughs> but largely it is translations into english that are receiving this kind of an attention uh, when it is uh, when translations um, between tamil and kannada or telugu and tamil and tamil and malayalam they have all been happening all along through uh, institutions like uh, sahitya academy and uh, local you know uh, sahitya uh, you know the literary organizations uh but it hasn't received the same kind of uh, attention but now even here i would say there have been many more awards you know uh for translations between uh, languages and things like that so uh, that's a very uh, welcome kind of a uh, thing and there is a, re- a regular review kind of a platform where books get reviewed uh, and uh, that's also all these are very positive uh, 
uh, science for translators, translations, I would say. And uh, the only thing is, um, I feel, uh, you, you know, academic institutions like universities and, uh, uh, you know, uh, degree syllabus making bodies, they have to use these translations much more in their syllabuses. So that, you know, we read, uh, you know, a Tolstoy's text, but we don't read uh, who is writing in Kerala or uh, Andhra Pradesh. We don't know anything about Volga, but we know a lot about many of the, you know, women writers outside. So this, I think, is uh, uh, an important uh, step, which has happened to some extent. And I would say when I look back at my own um, career as an English uh, teacher, uh, the most uh, significant uh, point in my career, I would say, is when, along with a couple of my colleagues in the Department of English, uh, we introduced a paper called Modern Indian Literatures in Translation, where in our MA classes, we taught uh, uh, Malayalam literature and Bengali literature, along with Indian literature, and along with Kannada literature, you know, uh, as a compulsory paper that they had to uh, read, uh, you know, in uh, their courses, which was extremely well received by students because uh, for, and especially in today's uh, university setup, the universities have opened their doors to uh, non-urban uh, and non-elite students, which is the right thing to do. And uh, so there are, the, the English classroom has really changed its face uh, in the last uh, 30 years. And a lot of students from disadvantaged backgrounds come to the English class, but with a lot of diffidence, with a lot of alienation, right? Because if you try and teach them only Brit lit, British literature, it's a very alienating experience. The language is uh, alienating. The culture is even more alienating. Right. Therefore, we found that uh, introducing these texts, you know, from India, from our neighbors, and from Canada itself, um, made for a, created a lot of interest among students in the course itself, because motivation was uh, not such a big issue in the class. They would all read. I know some of them would read even in Canada. Uh, for instance, a lot of Malayalam texts have been translated into Canada. And uh, Tagore has been translated widely into Kannada. See, Gora was one of the texts, for instance. And Gora is there in Kannada. So if they couldn't read in English, they would read in Kannada and come to class. And there was a greater interest in participating in the discussions, in the arguments, in the readings in class, and things like that. So the entire question of motivation was addressed in a very meaningful way for teachers and students. So. Uh, this use of translated texts in syllabuses, I would say, uh, is yet to happen, uh, you know, in a, on a, in a big way, you know, in universities. You have also done uh, considerable work on Dalit and women writing into English. I have uh, taught two courses uh, in the MA uh, program, uh, two optional courses. Um, one was uh, Dalit writing in English, uh, in English translation, and the other is women's writing in English translation. Um, again, the principle was the same. The focus was uh, more uh, sociological. 
to discuss that, uh, we found that it is uh, uh, good to kind of uh, use uh, diverse texts. You know, therefore, we used her texts from Marathi that were available in English translation for the Dalit writing course. Uh, texts from, like, for instance, Bama's Karaku was one of the texts. And uh, so short stories, Devnur Mahadeva's short stories, Sidlingaya's poetry, you know, all this in English translation, right? We, we use uh, these texts as ways of uh, discussing, highlighting, writing from the margins as, as it is, right? And that again found a lot of resonance among our students because it is quite a considerable considerable numbers of students a number of students belong to those uh, backgrounds world and so for them it was a very enabling empowering kind of an experience it is so with women's uh, writing also and uh, uh, like the work of Susie Taru and uh, Lalita and not uh, uh, stalwarts like that helped us to kind of uh, uh, you know put together a paper on women's writing where many more texts were from Canada right uh, therefore uh, all these texts helped us to all these papers and all these uh, issues helped us to create a greater relevance for uh, uh, teaching english you know in a context like ours uh, see for instance uh, what happens is uh, we also have a uh, you know indian writing in english no where all the um, narayan arkenaran and in in that generation rajara mulkrajanand all of them and then of course there are the more newer ones a lot of people have written but at least in the initial stages uh, you know barring a few exceptions largely it was urban india which was uh, you know the theme of you know indian english writing whereas translations brought uh, another India into uh, our consciousness, right, uh, in the English departments. And that was a very important uh, uh, shift, uh, which was uh, enabled uh, because and through, trans in and through translations. So uh, that way also it was, um, you know, very uh, important uh, sociologically, I would say, and ideologically, politically, uh, it became a an important step, I think, in the in the educational setup that I was working in. Yeah. Coming back to your efforts into translation, uh, you have translated uh, your Anantamurthy's novel Sanskara into Swedish, right? Uh, I believe it's a collaborative effort, and uh, how challenging it has been to it has been for you to translate. Uh, let me do offer a disclaimer. I don't know a word of uh, Swedish, and my co-translator does not know a word of Canada. Okay, so we got together, and uh, you know he he had used um, Ramanujan's uh, translation uh, of Samskara as a kind of a support, but there were several aspects uh, you know in that text which he couldn't understand. Yeah, despite the translation into English, right? For instance, the very opening um, page, uh, you know, Pranashacharya uh, brought his wife, who is an invalid, huh? uh, I gave, I gave her a bath, brought her back to her bed, and made um, her touch his feet. Hmm? Now, 
our uh, my my friend my co-translator uh, couldn't understand what is this gesture of making her touch his feet is it a sexual gesture is it, <laughs> is it what is it right so see so you understand something literally but you may not understand it culturally right what what does it mean okay so there were several such uh, what i might call gaps in understanding see partly because sweden has not very been in very actively negotiated with india right in terms of its history uh, unlike let us say germany for instance hmm? where german scholars you know have come to india for long many centuries and the british and so on uh, and more uh, recently american also through all this uh, south asia studies and you know these kind of programs but uh, sweden has kind of kept aloof right and so india is uh, just some land out there kind of uh, thing so one may understand the language but not necessarily its cultural you know nuance so my job was largely to fill him in on those cultural uh, you know nuances and that is uh, one aspect you know of uh, in quotes uh, i was a native uh, informant i would you know it's a very uh, questionable questionable term so i'm using it in quotations uh, but i was also more than a native <laughs> informant of course mm? we did uh, other things with it see for instance in a novel there there are shifts in the narrative mm? there is a certain mood a certain situation from there that there's, there's a certain comment so i i would be worked out okay now you, let us read the first chapter hmm? now tell me where do you think there is a shift uh, there is an important or what do you think is important in this chapter which comment or which line or which uh, description something anything that strikes you you know that way uh, we built a supra segmental level of understanding of the novel right where you know the tone the mood the higher aspects of what makes a novel into a novel mm -hmm. that those aspects uh, you know the tonalities is she being sarcastic is she being sympathetic uh, is she is it a barb huh? at what he has felt you know so uh, have we has he understood it in the same terms right so uh, that was a very very fascinating uh, experience for me you know that we built into our discussion this higher level of at which the subtler aspects of a literary text uh, you know functions right and uh, that was made possible uh, through this kind of a collaborative effort and uh, i did the same i translated a swedish novel by torgny lindgren called the way of a serpent into kannada as havina donku hmm? uh, the the twists of a snake if you please hmm? that that's a rough translation so uh, which is a you know set in 18th century sweden where the only book they had seen was the bible you know it was that kind of a, uh, you know in a pre modern society and a very feudal society and how they face up to uh, the cold uh, 
you know, the hungry kind of times that they go through. Hmm? What happens to human relationships in such a context? How exploitative uh, class can be, etc. Very, very powerful novel, right? Short novel. And uh, again, you know, I had to do the same thing uh, with my uh, collaborator, Hans Schostrom, right? Not everybody uh, gets an opportunity like this, but when we got it, I, I must say we used it to kind of experiment with all these things. It's not that we knew how to do it, but as we talked and as we kind of discussed and as we um, uh, you know, evolved as translators of the text, we kind of grew into the text so much that uh, uh, it was a very uh, beautiful experience, I must say. One more interesting uh, translation is uh, Sri Jiddi Krishnamurti's work into Canada. In the 70s and 80s, there used to be uh, big gatherings here in Lalbagh and places like that. And we would all flock uh, to listen to him. His thinking was so fresh, so different. And uh, in some ways, so freeing that... Uh, I sent my children to the Jiddu uh, Krishnamurti Foundation School. But uh, some of the teachers in the school also felt that uh, all his uh, thinking is only there in um, English. Uh, so it should reach, it would reach larger uh, groups if it, it can be translated. And so uh, they were kind of trying it on a very um, kind of a, um, you know, uh, tentative kind of ways to one or two teachers would get together, maybe translate an essay here, translate an essay there, you know, that kind of a very uh, limited effort, I would say. And so they wanted to kind of see how best they can make it into a larger kind of a more effective project. So then some of us, my friends and I, we said, uh, let's put our energies together and see what we can make out of it. So, uh, Professor Royal Nagbushanaswami, Professor H.S. Raghavendra Rao, and Murari Ballal, you know, like uh, two, three, four of us got together. And with the help of the KFI Foundation and its office bearers and uh, people who are involved with it, uh, you know, like Krishnanath Ji and uh, Satish uh, Inamdar and a whole lot of others, we kind of got together and um, uh, chalked out a whole project out of, you know, to do that. And so there were some 15 to 20 books that got translated into Canada, you know, in that period of four, three, four years. And uh, they were running a newsletter, uh, you know, in his name, uh, you know, Anudina Chintana. Uh, and that also got a whole lot of, uh, you know, translations in, you know, in Canada and so on. The interesting thing there was, you see, like when you translate, uh, uh, Krishnamurti into Canada. In Canada, the language to, of spirituality is very uh, rich and familiar. Hmm? Now, how do you translate something like self into Canada? Is it Atma? Because uh, he is kind of, he's, a, he's a rebelling against given notions, given definitions of uh, you know, this Atma, Atman, etc., etc. He is not on the same track of spirituality, right? He is kind of, uh, he is uh, writing against the grain. 
so how do you use language which is so already you know uh, needed prepared you know made ready <laughs> to talk about spirituality to say something new about the same things that was the challenge he could do it in english but in kannada we had to kind of find different ways of uh, doing it you know in other words as it were in other ways as it were that was a challenge and given uh, you know raghavendra and swami and you know their sensitivity to such issues um, you know we made an excellent uh, thing out of that translation and also we used to hold train translators and uh, hold annual gatherings you know the kfi used to hold annual gatherings and we would all participate and uh, provide some support to uh, what they were trying to do which was a very productive and uh, very fulfilling uh, experience for all of us yeah <laughs> can you take us a bit through about uh, your current projects that you are working on can you please tell us about you see i'm uh, working on two projects which are one millennium apart <laughs> one is a 10th century uh, you know uh, jain text uh, in kannada called vaddaradhane vaddaradhanam uh, and uh, this is um, a, a set of short stories a cluster of short stories uh, about uh, you know sublime death okay uh, the jain practices a lekhana about which our historian um shetter has uh, uh, written uh, extraordinary books hmm? okay uh, and then i am uh, doing uh, uh, this iconic kuvempu's uh, novel right uh, which is a 20th century uh, production now nothing can be as different as these two things right uh, so Uh, a large part of the 10th century work was done uh, during covid right and that was very helpful for the stories about death so <laughs> so my my inner world and the outer world there was a lot of you know match and i didn't have to struggle too much etc so but um, uh Uh, it you know it's very very challenging to read 10th century kannada and uh, so and also it's again it's a multilingual text you know like indrabai but the multilingualism is more from sanskrit and prakrit and uh, old kannada older kannada let me say and old kannada right and therefore um, i have had to seek the support of people who could translate the sanskrit verses and um, you know so uh, dr shankar uh, rajaraman has uh, helped with those verses and then there are many several prakrit verses and uh, therefore dr suhas mahesh um, has helped me with those verses uh, to translate them and i have done the kannada uh, part and uh, it is actually the work of many people not just me <laughs> though it may Yeah, uh, you know, if you want a name to put the blame on, I can take it. 
but uh, the, the credit is uh, shared with uh, everybody you know who has pitched in in so many several different ways people have read and commented on the drafts and things like that but it's still in process you know that uh, whole text uh, uh, it's also uh, being brought out by the murti classical library of india series and uh, so it is still uh, you know getting edited and so on and it's that is one part of it and uh, for you know like uh, for that text i needed to do a transmigration this time it is transmigration all right in the sense you know uh, the jain uh, it, it's, it's a text which is uh, which is born out of that you know jain religious uh, universe and which was not a very familiar universe to me prior to uh, taking up the translation and i had to really um uh, work quite hard to uh, enter that world and uh, have some sense of uh, familiarity and depth and uh, understanding and then uh, the kuempu text is uh, it is uh, his magnum opus uh, it's not for nothing that it's his magnum opus it's all of 700 pages <laughs> and a novel an epic novel with many strands uh, of uh, you know uh, coming together into one uh, epic novel so there are stories of uh, four or five different sets of characters right and to track them through the 700 pages you know the stories of the the, the hero of this uh, novel is a dog and not being a pet lover you know uh, for me it, it it really meant uh, trying to you know get out of myself and to be a dog for some time you know and so uh, so the the vocabulary you need to describe uh, the dog its the different parts of its body its movements you know uh, its its uh, fierceness its you know so many things it's a whole Uh, ethos you know uh, so that for instance um, you know so it, it's so rich in uh, with animal life you know there's a whole uh, you know like uh, very typical it's uh, it's kuempu uh, has opens his novel by this most profound statement you will ever find he says nobody is important here and nobody is unimportant it is that inclusive okay it's that inclusive yeah his very famous um, poem is o nanna chetana aguni aniketana agu is become niketana is home aniketana is get out of the bounds you have bound yourself with right and uh, that's what he does in the novel you know <laughs> he has just broken all bounds and uh, l- uh, looked at people's lives uh, you know and you know, from all classes castes and uh, so it's a fascinating epic novel okay so i experience the sense of becoming aniketana you know <laughs> all my known worlds you know i've had to grow out of them uh, in order to get into 
the worlds that he is inviting me into and uh, i can't tell you uh, what a treat uh, to the to my heart to my head to my hand this has been and uh, i think i am the most fortunate person you started this conversation uh, by mm-hmm. saying clear uh, mother tongue is tamil you have become so naturalized kannadiga if normally when we talk right we give examples from our mother tongue some specific phrases and all you are giving examples of uh, kannada phrases yeah 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 see only the lullabies some of the lullabies i sing for my grandchild in tamil you know uh, and when i uh, if uh, you kind of uh, you know uh, if a, if a cat comes near me suddenly i find myself saying hey po po <laughs> and not hogo <laughs> so only for the very very you know close to my being kind of experiences i use tamil but largely it is kannada because kannada i would say is my first language Uh, and uh, english my second uh, hindi my third uh, uh, tamil my fourth in terms of uh, 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 what is it uh, uh, competence competence and uh, use you know use of language uh, this is the order because uh, i i married to a kannada family so largely i decided i will speak kannada at home so and i have felt absolutely at home in canada so uh, you know my my dreams are in canada for instance so it's like that i um, joined the university department of english here in bangalore in the 90s in the 1990 uh, there was it was already you know they had a paper called uh, theory and practice of translation or something like that and uh, there were just about three books three very uninteresting theoretical books on translation in the library and uh, it was all ar- around that you know and but the teachers themselves taught it interestingly with examples right these the examples which held the course together so gradually you know like i uh, also became a part of that team and i continued and uh, then i was able to introduce uh, and change a little bit and so on so over uh, nearly 18 years i taught that paper uh, in the university department and you know like it was such a fun class you know like uh, there was no problem with attendance there was no you know like students would come and do their own thing in the class it was a lot of fun so i remember one of the times when uh, you know like we said uh, can we translate a song huh? how do you translate can we translate it as song or as uh, just a few lines then we said no 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 song should be a song whether it's in hindi or kannada uh, then um, so i said okay shall we uh, do an example so we said in class we decided uh, there is this uh, song from anokhi raat you know ohore taal mile nadi ke jal mein so it goes something like this you see सूरज को धरती तरसे धरती को चंद्रमा धरती को चंद्रमा 
पानी में सीप जैसे प्यासी हर आत्मा प्यासी हर आत्मा उमितवारे प्यासी हर आत्मा बूंद चुपी किस बादल में कोई जाने ना रे ताल मिले नदी के जल में so we chose this hmm? and we said uh, okay shall we all translate it together hmm? it was such fun you know each one first we did our own versions and then compared notes and then on the board we had one common version uh, you know which we improved and improved and by the end of the class we had uh, this for that stanza hmm? Uh, something like suryanige tapiside bhumi bhumiya bayaside chandra suryanige tapiside bhumi bhumiya bayaside chandra bhumiya bayaside chandra umitvare we translated it as ogeleyare ಕಡಲ ತಡಿಯ ಚಿಪ್ಪಿನ ಹಾಗೆ ಬಾಯಾರಿದೆ ಆತ್ಮ ಯಾವ ಮೋಡದಿ ಯಾವ ಹನಿಯೋ ಯಾವ ಮೋಡದಿ ಯಾವ ಹನಿಯೋ ಕಂಡೋರಾರಯ್ಯ ಹೊರೆ ತಾಲ್ ಮಿಲೆ ನದಿಕ್ಕೆ ಜಲ್ಮೆ ನದಿ ಮಿಲೆ ಸಾಗರಮೇ ಹೌ ಇಸ್ ದಟ್ thank you ma'am thank you it's beautiful thank you very much for your valuable time it has been really yeah. enriching to you know listen to you no it is i enjoyed talking to you and uh, imagining all the other uh, listeners you know feels good to be talking about uh, you know something that uh, i have just loved doing thank you ma'am thank you i wish you the very best <laughs> yeah. thank you yeah. bye okay thanks a lot yeah.